are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Well, it's a great honor to speak to you today. The Lord put this on my heart about two weeks ago, and we have been for so long on the subject of revival, but last week we uh, left that subject, and again today. The Bible says in chapter 4, verse 8, and here's the thought that captured my attention. We are troubled on every side. Uh, You're looking at a man that I love life. I want to live. I want to live a long life. I hope God lets me live if he tarries in his coming. I hope God allows me always to have some capacity at this church. Uh, I love this church. I love the people here. But I want to tell you something about life, and um, my wife doesn't like it when I bring my age up, so I won't bring age 45 up again. But I will say this. Life is wonderful, but the older you get, And if you just don't sit on the sideline, if you still try to have an influence on people's lives, you're troubled on every side. It never stops. It it just never stops. Phone calls, and I know they're not as many as they used to be because of the internet, phone calls generally are not encouraging. Emails are not necessarily encouraging. People stop and say, may I see you for a moment? If you do that and you say, can I see you this week? I will always ask you, what's it about? Because I'm not staying up all night worrying about what you're upset about. I just, that's just part of life. And I pastor the greatest church in all the world, but it will keep me up. So I want to know. And you'll say, well, I, I have a problem with the lights in the auditorium. Well, let's deal with it right now. What do you want me to do? Life is, it doesn't have to be as confusing, but, but there's no such thing as not being trouble on every side. There's financial trouble. There's family trouble. You ask almost anyone that I know my age are younger or has kids that are grown, you, you just ask how many people here have a son or a daughter or a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law that have exed you out of their life. It's just an amazing thing. That mother was the one that held you and nursed you and loved you and cared for you and raised you and and sheltered you and protected you. And then you get married to Ralph and Ralph says, I don't want your mother in our life. I hardly know an adult that has not faced that. Or a son or a daughter or a daughter-in-law or a son-in-law. And by the way, we're on talking terms with all of them. So I don't want you to read into that. We are so blessed to have wonderful children. I'm walking from Sunday school over here, one of the sweetest new Christian ladies in our church, just a sweet little lady. And she went home, there's a fiscal situation that she deals with with her life and her husband and, and been through surgery. And she said, Pastor, tears. She said, will you please pray for my daughter? We had prayer in the parking lot. I came in late. She said, play, the cancer's back. 
Don't tell me that's not trouble on every side. Don't tell me about the man on the porch out here I talked to this morning that's struggling with chemotherapy right now. The people in our church are in the hospital, trouble on every side, business that has gone reversal and gone the other way, a wife that walked out, a husband that walked out, grandkids that you love, you've waited for grandkids, they came, and now your kids don't even let you talk to them. A mother that passed away, a father that passed away, a dad that's in jail, a mother that's in jail. A church this size has all of that all the time. And I want to stay part of a church like that. I was witnessing yesterday and I pulled out a gospel track to a man and I was in line and picking up something for one of our business owners and I gave it to him and, and he said, you know, and he might be here this morning. He wasn't being rude, but he said, uh, he said I was going to church in, in uh, Southern California. It wasn't a Baptist church, but the same scenario could have been in a Baptist church. He said, a large church. And he said, I've, I walked out, I'm never going back. Misappropriation of funds. Well, that's wrong. It's wicked, it's sin. And I don't know what that church did, but the pastor should have resigned. And then the lady behind the counter said, yep, you don't need to go to church. You, you can just meet God anywhere. And I said, but I said, and there's people there, there's probably five or six people in line. I said, but let me tell you this, Jesus, and I wasn't preaching, gave his life for the church. Jesus died for the church. Well, I tell you what, there's phonies in business, there's phonies in government, there's phonies in church. You might come to our church and sit next to one tomorrow. But Jesus still gave his life for the church. If we're gonna use that logic, I'm not going to church, you better not go to the grocery store. Bunch of phonies. You better not go to the ice cream store. They're a bunch of phonies too. The people at the gas station are phonies. This whole world's filled with it. What, what we need more than ever is God's institution. Look what he says. We are troubled on every side. I want to speak to you for a few moments on that and trouble on every side. And I don't know if it's because of this day of social media, the opinions and a, a person that doesn't even have a platform now can tell the seven billion people on planet earth his philosophy, this 19 year old kid that knows nothing. And by the way, I'm proud of 19 year olds. I'm proud of these 14, 15, 16 year olds that sang right here too, whatever the age they are. That was a blessing. Count your, count your, man, I couldn't sing it too fast for me. I, I, how to get all those words in, I have no idea, but it was great. But not only do pastors go through experiences where you're troubled on every side, God's people do. It might be with your marriage this morning. So what are you going to do? Is the answer to just throw the marriage away? Is the answer for your children to live Thanksgiving and Christmas without mother and dad? Because that's how we're going to deal with the problem. Life's not easy in marriage. I tell you, I think I found the answer. If you just listen, I think I could tell you if women would just think like men, everything would be fine. 
but you ladies don't seem that you want to think like men. Thank you for that. I appreciate that very much. Trouble on every side. Trouble means we are driven to the, to the straits. We're squeezed in. That's how the children of Israel must have felt in chapter number 14 of Exodus when they were, came to that Red Sea and then they were trapped and they couldn't get over and the gypsies were coming behind and they couldn't go to the right or left and they were trapped. Only God could have made a, a way and God opened up that Red Sea and they went through on dry ground. But I wanna say you might be trapped today. You might be troubled on every side. I wanna ask you to raise your hand, but here I'm, I have the best life in this room. I'm married to the most wonderful lady and we have three wonderful children. They're wonderful mates and the grandbaby 14 next month coming. And I pastor, I believe, I believe I pastor the world's greatest church in 2019. I don't believe there's another one not like this great church. I love the people here. I love our area. I love our city. God's so good. He gave us an elementary school, a high school, a college. God's given us ministries, the buses, and all that, uh, the worldwide missions program, the 24-hour day radio, all that. God's. you are looking at a blessed man. But if you're like me, once in a while, I get troubled on every side. I think, oh my goodness. I want you to see this text when you're troubled on every side. I want you to see what your attitude should be. I want you to read with me, if you will, please, verse number eight. Shall we read it? Ready, begin. We are troubled on every side yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not distressed. These three verses, they have a lot of D words. There's one that is the word forsaken, but other than that word forsaken, they're all Ds. Notice the words, distressed, yet not distressed, perplexed, but not in, what's the next one? Persecuted, but not, here's that word, forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Those are powerful words. Uh, distress means there's utterly no way out. The bankers are calling, the credit card people are calling. The doctor's calling and need to be in the office. He asked me to bring my mate because tomorrow they're gonna talk to us. We, there is, there's no way out of this. My mother will not talk to me. We are, I'm, I'm just totally, there's no way out of this situation. She said, I'll never talk to you again. My child said, I don't ever wanna see your face again. That's what the word, he said, though you're that way, you're not, you're not utterly without a way out. There is a way out. Your flesh says, there's no way out. But God says, you're not distressed. Paul's writing to us. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Pressed beyond measure. You're not pressed beyond. You say, I can't take anymore. But God says, you're not to that point. Whatever trouble you're facing, you're not to that point. A distress, you're not squeezed in that there's no answer. There's always an answer. Please, when we listen, there's always an answer. Notice what he says, forsaken. 
verse number nine, persecuted, but you're not forsaken. You and I are not forsaken. No, never alone. I'm not alone. I feel alone. What a foolish man I am. Thousands of people love me. Hundreds hate me. But thousands love me. And sometimes I feel like nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat some worms. You know that big song? Big, fat, juicy one. Long, skinny, slimy ones. Itsy, bitsy, fuzzy, wuzzy worms. I learned that in junior camp years ago. Don't send your kids to camp. (laughs) Cast down, but not. Here it is. You're not destroyed. To be destroyed means to be completely abolished. Reduced to nothing. You're not abolished yet. You're not, you're, you're not destroyed. And when God allows us to be troubled on every side, it's not the end. We think it's the end. The greatest days may be just right around the corner. That's why the Bible talks about hope. If we look at this nation of ours and we look at the the impeachment goings on and, and we look at the government and the finances and, and the, the, the lying, the cheating and the drug trafficking and all the sin and we look at all that and we get so overwhelmed. We think we're living in the worst day. Someone gave me a book, a pastor, Brother Mike Ray, this past week, left it on my desk. He was here and he wrote, he bought me a book on the year I was born. Stop laughing, Brother Cooper. What, what, what year are you thinking? Like 1800s or something? The guy, he smirks at me all the time. <laughs> Just tell it. I'm not going to tell you what year I was born. I was born in 1973. All right, let's get that done. I pastored this church almost 44 years, so you figure that out. I was seven years old when I began. Well, there's some kings in the Bible. They were just little children like that when they started, so I can start like that too. But you know, you know, I looked at that book. It was, it gave all this history about, you know, how much bread was and how much, it just page after, it was incredible things. But it talked about how many communists live in the United States of America. And how many communists have a political party and how many, it talked about the communists and it talked about the civil unrest. And it talked about, I thought it was just good when I was born. I mean, I entered this world and everything changed for this world. I guarantee you that. And here it is. If we're not careful, we think we are the first ones to go through trouble. Have you ever heard of the dark ages? When Romanism murdered and slaughtered, they thought it was 50 millions but in the day of computers and all this, what they figured out, it's about 100 million people. That's why you have the catacombs in Rome. And they'd slaughter Christians for not denying the name of Jesus Christ. 100 million. You ever hear about World War II? 61 million casualties. 61 million America's in some trouble. We're going to go to war. We didn't go to war all year. And I think sometimes we think we're the first one to face this. We're the first one to have a problem like this. No one's ever had it as bad as I've had it. 
But friend, there are people that have gone through the path of journey that, that you're going through and I'm going through. They're troubled on every side, but they have found hope in Christ. Mr. Spafford, when he came to that place in the ocean where three girls died on that ocean liner, they said, Mr. Spafford, this is the place pretty close right here, very close to where your three daughters perished in that vessel that went under right here. And he wrote the song, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever the lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. There needs to be a moral fiber in the heart of every child of God that we say, I can go on. I can make it through the power of God, not through human wisdom, not through my might, but God Almighty, which leads me to say that's the second thought, our attitude. You've got to watch. I must watch our attitude if we're going to have victory when we're troubled on every side, and then we need to turn to the Almighty. I want you to see in verse 10 through 14, the name Jesus, our Lord, mentioned so often, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. The life that also Jesus might be manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest. He says in verse 14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us also by Jesus and present us with you. If you from sin are longing to be free, if you from trouble are longing to be free, look to the Lamb of God. Look to the Lord Jesus. Paul said in Hebrews 12, verse number one, looking unto Jesus, the great well-known preacher that died in 1899, the most quoted preacher to this day, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Spurgeon said this, he was sitting in a little church with just a handful of people on that ice storm night. The preacher could not make it because of the ice, but an old farmer stood up there like a fellow with a pitchfork with his bib overalls, and he said, I want to turn to Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. And he preached right to that, 19, that, that young teenage boy. He said, son, you're troubled. Look to Jesus. Son, I know why you're here tonight. I know why you're here. You're here to find Jesus. Look unto me and be saved. He became a child of God, built a 5,000 seat auditorium, filled it three times every single Sunday morning, filled it through the week while he preached. 500 men in an auditorium below him prayed for the power of God. He had the voice of kings and presidents and queens and leaders. How did it happen? When he looked to Jesus. Amen. I want to say today, you can look to your counselor, you can look to your drugs, you can look to your therapy, you can look to the ocean, you can look to the sun, the stars, the moon, the trees, you can look to a fishing pole, but you'll never have an answer until you look to the Lamb of God. Jesus is the answer. Amen. We're living in a day where we think he can't answer our need, but he's still on the throne. Nothing's happening but that God knows about it. Nothing touches me, First Peter, but it's filtered through the loving hand of a heavenly father. He knows, Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. I've traveled up and down this state for so many years driving. I've gone across this country flying in planes, but I tell you what, in my car, I've been alone so many hours of the night driving home after preaching on a Tuesday night, and I, God gets a hold of my heart, 
And I never forget it. When I was so weary and, and, and just burned down and troubled. What are we going to do? What's going to happen? How's this all going to hurt? I'll help I'll turn out. And I'll tell you sometimes, it's when I got these songs about Jesus years ago. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's the only one who cares and understands Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And I have this rendition of songs about Jesus. I'm gonna tell you something. I look here and it looks very bleak at times in life. And I look here and it looks great. When the road is rough and steep, fix your eyes upon Jesus. He alone has power to keep. Fix your eyes upon him. Jesus is a faithful friend, one on whom you can depend. He will keep you to the end. Fix your eyes upon him. I've always loved my favorite book in the New Testament is the book of, uh, uh, book of Philippians. There's four chapters, 104 verses. The man is lowered down into a, a prison cell in the ground. It's rock and running water and it's damp and it's cold and it's miserable. And the apostle Paul writes 18 times in those 104 verses, rejoice or have joy in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. How can he say that? Because in 104 verses, he said 104 times, Jesus, Christ, Lord, God, our Father. He said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's not talk about politics. Three days after my wife and I got married, President Truman died. I can remember these presidents. I voted for many presidents, and most presidents I voted for, uh, voted for, he did not win. And those that I voted for, sometimes I wish they hadn't won after I see the mess they have done. My hope's not in Washington, D.C. It's been a thrill to be invited there at times, but my hope is not in the White House. My hope is not in Congress. My hope is not in the Supreme Court. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Friend, I know your trouble on every side, but look to Jesus. Stop looking at the trouble. Stop advertising the trouble. And so what do we do when we're troubled on every side? We keep our attitude right. You don't think I'm gonna quit church? Well, that's a very mature thing to do. Well, they offended me. Well, that's a very wise thing to do. How can you get offended when great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them? Amen. Your attitude, is your attitude right? I love what you said this morning, Brother Cooper, the way you explained the invitation. You know, your attitude's not right with your mate, with your children, with your parents, with your God, with the church. Don't say, I'll meet them halfway. No, you meet them all the way. You go all the way to God. Yes. One thing, I, I'm, though I'm a member, I've, I've never had the joy of blaming the church. Christians, why do you always blame the church? Why is the church, the school, the college, why is it always someone else's fault? When we find fault with others, it's always when we point this way, there are three fingers coming back right at us. Start with this guy. 
Glad I had a dad that raised me that way. I'd go tattle on my sisters because their sisters are so hard to raise. I did my best to try to straighten them out. They wouldn't listen. My dad said, Jack, you just keep your own life right. You just keep Jack right. I don't know why he didn't call me pastor or Dr. Treber, but he, he didn't want to do that. G. Campbell Morgan, he said, um, we believe, and I like what he talks about God here, because it says here in verse 13, we believe. He said, that we believe, therefore we speak but it's speaking about Jesus, so keep your mouth shut if, unless it's about Jesus. I find acceptance here. We're out of time. But look at verse 15. For all things are for your sakes. God says it's all for you. I'm in the midst. I'm troubled. Everything. It's for your sake. You have gone through perhaps greater trials than I'll ever go through, some of you. And I'll tell you, when I'm tried and purified, I shall come forth as gold. In these 40-something years of pastoring this church, there's been so many midnight hour experiences. I mean, many of them. And I'll go home after a midnight experience, whether it be at a hospital or a home or a life or a jail. I can remember going to jail in the 70s. And that mother and dad summoned me down there right here on First Street. But you know what happened to that jail that night? That night was so hard. And that night was such tears. And the days and the weeks that followed thereafter. But when that man got right with God, he needed to do a crime that would, that's probably nowadays legal, who knows. But he became a godly preacher of the gospel. You know, sometimes when it looks so, so dark, there's no hope. It's just, there's no, no but God says I'm doing this. And from my, my wife's mother died at age 45 in 1970, left eight kids, Mrs. Stroke's mother. And my wife and her dad, would they didn't like the elevator. They'd walk up to the eighth floor. She was in room 828. And they'd walk together claiming Romans 8, 28, and we know. It doesn't say, and we see. It says, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God. You're trouble on every side, but you're going to have to learn that God already knows about your trouble. I find there has to be an admittance. Verse, seven, verse, number, verse number 17, for our light affliction is but for a moment. God says, you think the whole world's caving in. It's just a light affliction. It's just a season. And then I see, look at the appearance. Verse 18, we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. You prayed so wonderfully tonight, today, Brother Bertram. You're pointing that out to us. All this is so temporal. All this is eternal. I don't believe we ought to live for heaven because one day we're going to get out of this mess. It's pretty good life. We used to sing as kids, it's a wonderful, wonderful life. When you know the Lord above, it's a wonderful, wonderful life. When he saved you by his love, there's a joy that you never once knew and a peace in the darkest night. As we travel along in my heart, there's a song 
It's a wonderful, wonderful life. This is, it's a wonderful joy to be alive. We live in a free, free country. We're not at a checkpoint today. And some of the folks that watch in other countries, they cannot go from this district to the next until they stopped by men with machine guns and look at where they're going. I've never experienced this before, and I know most of our missionary letters come by way of email. Brother Poussin so graciously has his wife print them out for me so I can see them. But they're some of the largest countries in the world, one of the largest. They say everywhere we go now, it's face recognition. Everywhere we go in our country. So we leave to go, and they know where we're going. And often there'll be a communist soldier right behind us following us. Everywhere we're going. Sometimes they speak, where are you going today? And they'll call the name. You know, we don't live that way in America. We may be headed that way. But as we live in this wonderful country, stop thinking that we have it so bad. But I'm troubled on every side. I know. I wish I had time to take you to chapter 3, chapter 6, chapter 12 of Paul. He experienced shipwreck, stoning, left for dead, beaten, persecution, rejection of his own countrymen. But he said, I'm troubled on every side. But I'm not in distress. I'm perplexed, but not cast down because I'm looking to that one who knows everything. Before I pray, where are you troubled today? My favorite song this year, every year I have a favorite song. I opened up my prayer journal, was working with it this morning, and I saw my favorite song. It's that second stanza. When the things you gave your life to fell apart, you're not the first to be acquainted with sorrow, grief, and pain, but the master promises sunrise after rain, hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. My great preacher friends that are all the older guys that I always look to, they're all gone now. They're all dead. And some I stood at their coffins and looked at their lifeless body down here. But they lived to be in their 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and beyond. It got more difficult. And some of these dear old men, they had nothing but sorrow. But since they passed over the other side, there's been nothing but joy. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.